Welcome to tonight's episode of Myths and Stories. Uh, we are continuing our journey through the Mara Senna and the, the story of the Awoken as a whole. Um, last time, we left everybody on the kind of cliffhanger of uh, Mara floating outside the Exodus Green, um, otherwise known as Yang Liwei. Uh, ship as the light and dark energies were um, clashing together causing this black hole this the singularity to form and she was diving headlong into it because she wanted to be first so that yeah. is where we're picking up from tonight i like i like how you I like how you say kind of a cliffhanger. <laughs> Be- because it's it's like it's like rewatching an old uh, rerun episode, right? Like you you know you know who shot Jr. But you still you, you still get to the episode and you're just like, yeah, I, I want to know who shot Jr. <laughs> that's that's an old '80s '80s reference, '90s reference to the show Dallas Kids. So if you have no idea what we're talking about, it's because I'm old. Yes. Yes, you are. Uh, so, something I want to talk about from last time, though, before we get into continuing the the Marasena, uh, there was a piece that we kind of we we read, but I think we breezed over a little bit, and I want to go back and readdress it before um, continuing onwards. And sure. uh, this is back from uh, part three, which is entitled Brefos 2. Uh, and I'm not going to reread the whole thing, but the section in particular is uh, this one. It says, Mara is cool with this because she feels like words are a very bad system of encryption. And that if you really want to communicate with someone, you must develop your own special one-to-one crypto system. The ideal statement Mara feels would be indecipherable to anyone but the person it's spoken to, and even then, only if they know you are the one speaking. Uh, So I wanted to point this out, because this is a really uh, apt example of Mara's whole idea around secrets and truths and communication. And why yeah. she never seems to give anyone a straight answer about anything. Most of the time. <laughs> Ever. No, there's no most of the time about it. She will never <laughs> give you a straight answer. The entire season of The Lost, the whole time, I'm just like, what in the hell are you talking about, Mara? Yeah, so she she sees words. She sees the spoken word as a poor form of communicating thought because it can be so um i guess corrupted but misconstrued like it, it sure. is it is very easy for the receiver to not get the true intention or value of the words of the sender um and it is very easy to um you know if you play the you know play the game of telephone like it, it's it's very easy for that message to become different depending on who it's coming from, even if it's on behalf of, you know, the original sender. Absolutely. Because each, each iteration of that gets its own new personal interpretation of the previous one. Yep. And therefore gets the next, the next little 
kind of spin on it like a well and that's that's like almost using like a like each person as a as a thesaurus right like they'll use a word that's very similar to what was said but it maybe has a slightly more intense meaning or maybe a less intense meaning so by the time you get to the final portion by the time you get to the final recipient of the message now it just has a, a whole nother feel to it and that's i think that's I, I definitely think that's what that's what's with mara like she she has that that whole I, I i like how she described it there where like it's it's just a poor uh way of of communicating and and to have this true uh communication is to is to create that one-to-one crypto system um to where even 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 if two people two people could be saying the exact same message and if you don't have the if you don't have the crypto system for both of them then that message is going to be different between the two of them to the recipient yeah yep so very very important piece of mara's personality that i think carries forward even to, into her interactions in the game now so i wanted to to bring some more attention to that um but yeah so moving on we are going to be starting tonight with uh, section nine of the Mara Senna, um, which is entitled Ecstasate One. I'm guessing that's on just, that. They're uh, just making up words <laughs> at this point. The first couple of times it was like, okay, we got to Google this. Now, now, Budgie's just straight up making up words. <laughs> well, I did Google this. Uh, <laughs> so uh right. ecstasate i as far as i could tell just means to cause to enter a state of ecstasy so there you go i feels that feels pretty straightforward i feel like we could have deduced that yeah but you never know so you never know hey we, we made words sure. are words are a poor way of communication right exactly like... especially when you don't know what the hell they are <laughs> I like this. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. So chapter nine. Uh, again, this is the chapter immediately after Mara dives headfirst into this black hole, presumably followed by everything by the ship and everyone else in it. And it goes like this. To occur the unhappened world, to grip glass-hooped eternity in blood-slick hands and snap it from its circle. Know her as the flaw, the isotropy, the spike that pierced eternal recurrence and made the wound of time. Tautologies end on her fingertips in the crease between skin and nail. Name her, Alilia, Bruth Captain. Begin with her this sub-creation. First, a mandala. Rings of rippled light. Pinpricks like stars, selected elements of a lie group, the math skeleton of this new place. What is this? Where am I? A sheet of paper, blank with static, her hands flat upon the face, a plasma of quarks and electrons so hot and bright that it is pitch black. The mean free path is too short for photons to travel. The fire is too thick for light. She has been here forever. Alila, the end is the beginning, is the end. She folds the paper into space and time. Now that there is light, she can read the paper, and she finds that it is the Amrita Charter. 
Sun is the cradle of life, but we cannot remain in the cradle forever. She was a seeker, the eye of Alila, the arrow that points to a new world. She sought new sun, new earth. Her mind passes across the words like a comb. Word becomes world. Paper folds under nimble hands, the sting of a paper cut. So God may yet be surprised. From that cut, her blood scatters through the void, and the isotropic universe nucleates around the droplets. I am Alela, the guiding principle. Bend the center. I am Alisila, the arrow of time, sinuous but progressing. I am Elisili, one step forward, one element changed. This is how the world clock ticks, by the letterwise permutation of secret names. I am Alice Lee, the coalescence into entities, the com compaction of drifting fire into sun and world. I am Alice Lee, the power that seeks new worlds. I have a crew. I had a ship. I wanted to bring them to a place like a paradise world, twin-ringed, impossible beauty, and a sky milk-bright with stars. She makes it real with a thought, and in that thought she falls herself, undoes her transient divinity, binds herself and all those after her into the law. The omniscient cannot explore. The omniscient cannot struggle. She refuses that god trap. This, this is how Alice Lee awakens. That's the end of that chapter. Dude, this this is just this this is metaphor on top of metaphor. <laughs> like this, this is a fucky chapter. That's all there is to it. It is. It is. Uh, what what is attempting to be described here is. Um, the concept of the consciousness that was Captain Alice Lee in the soul system has entered this new space where the rules of this pocket universe have not been made yet. And she is just this kind of floating, omniscient awareness that has complete control over this space and therefore has been able to designate the laws of this pocket universe and also create the, the things within this pocket universe because she was the god of this universe for a time. That's, that's like a... That's a... Man, that's a that's a crazy thought too. Like, I mean, when we're talking about creating the law, we're talking like the laws of physics, the laws of math, the laws of reality. Like, it's th this space is literally being created. It, it imagine if you had a box, right, and and there's nothing inside of it, and and you have complete mental control over everything inside that box, and you decide. I don't want two to two, two plus two to equal four in there anymore. Whenever we enter this box, two plus two equals five. So from now on, for the rest of eternity, inside that box, two plus two equals five now. 
outside the box, it still equals still equals four. Like it's 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 it, it's it's the part of the part of our material world. But inside that box, anything in your consciousness is is made reality. Like it it's it's crazy. It's it's a it's a really really crazy concept. And I, I like the analogy of like the paper and like the 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 the, the palindrome written on the paper. A a a lilia a, a Alilia. So A I L I L I A. So the same forward as it is backwards. Yep. And then it slowly shifts. Like mm-hmm. uh, she bends the center. That I. That I turns into an S. And so now it starts shifting more and more and more until it finally she finally realizes not maybe not realizes but but she creates herself. She creates Alice Lee. The consciousness of Alice Lee creates Alice Lee in this in this pocket universe and and then the the and i think the most important thing is is at the very end um the what was it the 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 omniscient cannot cannot explore and the omnipotent omnipotent cannot struggle yep she refuses that god trap so she's straight up like it, again if your consciousness inside this box can make it anything you want you can be invincible you can be a god you you could you could literally be a god inside that box but she refuses that and i think that's that 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 refusal is a is a big issue uh obviously way later on in the story but it like think that's the that's a a big one to point out here yeah that is absolutely something to keep keep in mind because it's gonna become a bigger part as uh as we read later chapters um but yeah she she creates the universe uh and then realizes that she can't have the the thrill of it, of being an explorer as she was before because if she's uh omniscient she knows everything that's in the universe at the moment it's created um she can't work towards anything because if she's omnipotent she can do anything in that universe uh, and so she makes the conscious decision that after she has created the universe and the rules of physics that govern it to remove herself and all that follow her from godhood and have to live as corporeal beings that will need to explore and research and understand and struggle to live in this new place. God, that's it. That's, I love it. I love it. So, similar to how Alice Lee came about, um, went from this kind of swirling consciousness, I, you know, you could almost say soul, if if you want to, if you want to attribute that word to it. Ooh. Um, are we are we going there? <laughs> no, no. But to to be a reference, I uh, I like it. And we're gonna see that she is not the only one in that state and we get with chapter 10 which is ecstasy 2 uh another familiar figure goes through something of a similar process and it goes like this she was nothingness if she existed before then she existed only as a possibility stretched across the ether once there might have been a body that was an anticipation of the body not yet formed, 
and a soul that was an anticipation of the soul not yet encrypted, but they were not yet real. Then the universe began, and she was free to be born. First, there is a mandala, and upon the rings of that mandala, there are star-bright gems. Mararam, the closed symmetry, secret within itself, and she cuts it off center so that it is imperfect, open at one end, not cycling back to its own beginning, but subliming away into future possibility. Mara, the permutation of one relationship into another. Ma become Ra. Ra become what may yet come. Two points suggesting a line. And with that amputation around that scar, she incarnates, awakens with a gasp, cold stone under her shoulders and back, and a face above her, radiant. Mara, the face says. What am I? Mara whispers. The second, the woman says. I am Alice, and I think you were Mara. The sky behind Ellis blooms with stars, a haze of light like sun through mist, richer than a galactic core, and across the night sky arches the impossible twin shape of a double planetary ring. Mara gapes in wonder. I remember, she says. I was on the tether but the sudden need to keep this memory secret shuts her mouth. We're on a world, she says instead. How long have you been alone? Forever, I think. Come, she draws Mara to her feet. I want to show you what I've found. It is a world that grows, a world that thrives. The stone is rich with vines of platinum, and Mara tastes tingling inclusions of transuranic elements in a fingertip of earth. Silver rivers flow in fractal deltas to lakes as still and bright as coolant pools. Acres of forests all woven at the root into a single tree. There is life of such variety and energy that each new crawling thing they see must be its own species. Or species do not mean anything at all here, and all that lives may intermingle. Jutting from the horizon, they find a titanic metal spear. The head of the spear is a metal dish, kilometers across, buried in bedrock. I don't know what this is, Alice says. I only know that it is mine. They pass inside. There should be others, Mara says afterwards. There was room for others, thousands of others. Where are they? They're in the same place you came from. We have to make them real. Lee stares at Mara, and chorusifications of white fire map the tiny lines and furrows of her skin. Her bright eyes narrow. Why were you the second? Why you in particular? I don't know, Mara lies. 
and it is the first lie ever told and the first secret ever kept. And that's the end of that chapter. Again, with this this metaphorical... I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I really do. The whole idea... The Mar- Mararam, like it, the, another palindrome, and she... It, it's it it makes me think of of when she described the singularity right like all futures the slope is going so high that it's actually bending back on itself so future forward becomes synonymous with future and so it, it just loops back on itself and and it, again in that in that <laughs> math sense i guess she cuts it off in half makes it imperfect cuts the circle you know just this makes it to where it is a a a non-complete loop becoming Mara. Ma being one part, Ra being the second part. Now you have two points. Now you have a line. Now you have, you know, direction. Now you have a vector. Like it it it's I love I love the math analogies in here. They just they they make the little engineer in me go, wee <laughs> uh. And and it's it's interesting, like yeah, just the the naming uh is so important to them um it it is like the name they pick is somehow informing their identity as they you know become part of this world yeah and and i think not just their identity like everything about them like Mm -hmm. what they are what their meaning of life is like what their drive is like literally every single thing about them starts with that name and and it's oh oh i love it i absolutely love it uh and then of course mars woke awoken by the by the person standing over her uh she shows her this this beautiful gorgeous pocket universe like it's just everything about it is the most it's just beautiful like there there is there are it I I like to think of it as as I, I I hesitate to say utopia, but that that's as close as I can come to it. But everything is truly just beautiful and perfect and amazing and just you know needs to be explored. And then there's this giant metal spear in the middle of it <laughs> that, that they can go inside, and they're like, "What is this?" And even Alice Lee is like, "I don't know what it is. I just know it's mine." Yeah, and they recognize that it has space for thousands of other people and that those people need to manifest in the same way they need to be made real yeah so that brings us that the the alice lee asks mara why were you the second why you in particular and mara tells the first lie ever told and keeps the first secret ever kept and tells her i don't know and and now shit's gonna get fun. <laughs> All right, chapter chapter what what chapter? Chapter eleven. Um, but okay. just keep keep it in the back of your head as as we're going through these. The fact that that's a lie and that she's keeping a secret means that Mara knows why she was second, but she also knows that she doesn't want Alice Lee to know why she was second, and she also stopped herself from recalling. Last memory before being awoken. So just remember all that. All these, all these little things. 
it's uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so okay, chapter eleven goes like this. Two became four, and the four called out, and so the four became eight. In this manner, conjured forth by their doubling, the sleepers did awaken. In time, the awoken spilled across the face of the world, and their number was forty thousand and eight hundred and ninety-one. They drank of the sweet rain, and they ate of the fruit of the forest, and the starlight pooled as clear oil on their skin. First of their tongues was speech, and the first of their hunting weapons was the bow. Now the Awoken called out for a name to distinguish world from unworld. The 891 said to the 40,000, Let this world be named Tributary, for we dream of a great river from which we have parted. But the 40,000 were troubled, and they asked to know their antecedent, the place from which they came. We did not awaken from the sleep that we entered said the forty thousand. In our rest we passed through some terminus, and our atavism was severed from us. How did it happen thus? So a council was called at the place where the rivers met to determine the nature and purpose of existence. Here was undertaken the first census, which counted thirty thousand one hundred and eleven women, 10,295 men, and 485 otherwise. A fear arose among the awoken that the men and otherwise would be lost. Alice Lee spoke first in council, but at the urging of Aldrin, many sought out Mara for secret conclave. Among these were Kelda Waj, who would be the all-teacher, and Celia, who would be mother of Isilia. Saith Alice, we were granted this world by a covenant with high powers, and in that covenant we yielded our claim to our history. We abandoned what came before, but in doing so we cast off all our debts. Look forward, let us explore this infant cosmos and revel in its glories. Against her spoke Awumi An, who was of the forty thousand. We are alien here, said Awumi. We must climb up our world line back to the place from which we came. I call for a vote. Saith Mara in secret. I think that we came here as safe harbor, and we cannot forever remain. I remember the danger was appalling. I remember we were born in death. I think that we must gather ourselves carefully until the time is right. From this council, there arose eight verdicts and a ninth. First, that the people were awoken and that they were immortal. Second, that this world was tributary of another, but that it was forbidden to seek any way to rejoin the mother stream. For this reason, it would be called the Distributary, for that was the proper name for a river which branches from the mother and does not return. Third, that the Awoken should multiply in wombs of flesh and machine, but only after the most careful forecast of population and ecology. 
and only under the supervision of those who knew the good technology, for each new child would be immortal. Fourth, that these that those wise in the good technology should be heralded and heeded, so that the U technology could be reserved. They would be Utex. Fifth, that the women would should hold care and protection of the men and the others until more could be born. Sixth, that the purpose of the Awoken should be to know and love the cosmos. Seventh, that the Awoken were created out of covenant with light and darkness, but the covenant was complete, and no further debt would ever be called, except the duty of the second verdict to remain distributary. Eighth, that the Awoken were whole in themselves, and that they existed in balance. Ninth, that there would be no vote, but instead, Alice Lee would be recognized as queen. Her first pronunciation was that there would be no secrets among the Awoken, for Alice knew of the quiet council around Mara, and although she was neither jealous nor afraid, she remembered it carefully as a spark which might catch. That's the end of that chapter. So, so this one is... This is this is kind of like the the true beginning of the Awoken. Like yep. the the previous two is like the creation of this pocket universe, and we now have a name for it. It's they they are calling it the distributary. Uh, but I'll I'll get to that because I I want to go through these nine ver these nine uh verdicts, um, kind of individually. Uh, but yeah, like. They they've got basically it's it's interesting the numbers that they mention here because it's nine short of the total number of crew and people that were on board the the ship. Yep. And it, I there's <laughs> how do I go about this? There are some thoughts, maybe not thoughts. There 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 are some. Uh, possibly incorrect conclusions that are drawn there that those nine missing are that's the whole of the nine like when you talk to Zer in the tower he's like i am of the nine or da 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 and then there's the thought that maybe those nine are the souls of the planets because there's nine planets in our universe but then pluto's a dwarf planet now so he's not a real planet and we're just on earth making fun of him not the point it's just interesting that there are nine missing from the from the total number, and I almost I, I've never done this before to actually figure this out. I've never done the math to see if the if the duplication trick because they're they're spawning you know two become four four become eight eight become sixteen. Mm-hmm. I've never followed that all the way through to see if it ends nine short of forty thousand nine hundred. Because if it does, then that's clearly why that they are there are nine missing. So that may be. I, I tell you what, we've got an assignment for all of you listeners. Do some math for us <laughs> and and hit us back on Twitter with, with the answer to that. Uh, so yeah, so Alice, Alice Lee's up there. Um, they, they've got kind of the... There's still kind of the separation between like crew member and... and uh, <laughs> I almost want to call them cargo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, 
they kind of were at <laughs> <Right>? the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's still this separation between crew member and frozen people um, in this new, even in this new space. And they kind of have, they have the, the, the two kind of ideas there. They have Alice Lee. That's like, this, this place is perfect. This is, this is utopia. Like we're, we're done. This is it. This is our reward or this almost like this is our answer for crying out to the entity that was attacking our ship. Like yeah. the entity recognized us. This is where it sent us. We're here now. Full stop. Good for us. We did the thing. Um, but then like the, the crew, the, the, the frozen people, <laughs> the 40,000, <laughs> they're like, no, 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 no. We, we need to get back. We need to get back where we came from. This is, this is a false paradise. And even Mara's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we're just here for a bit. Maybe we just got to kind of, you know, get our footing. And this is kind of like a safe haven, like a little safe harbor. And, and, and we'll head back when we can. Uh, so yeah, that's, I, I, I love this space. And then, and then the, the nine, the nine verdicts, like. It's pretty much their I, 10 commandments. Absolutely. Absolutely. People are woken. They're immortal. They, now they they're immortal in the sense that they will never die of old age. Yes. They are not like completely immortal. Like if I run up and stab one, light's not going to pour out of him and he's just going to laugh at you going ha 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 and then it just instantly heals. No, they 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 can still die. They just don't they they will live forever essentially. Yeah, it ta- it takes an outside action um yeah. for them to die. And and it's another interesting thing too that I think was mentioned in the in the previous century was like how long have we been here, and e- and even Alice Lee is like forever, like so I mean, this is a long ass time to create. Apparently, it takes a hot second to create a universe. <laughs> right? I've never yeah. created one, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, um, from from Alice's point of view, it's kind of like that she started with the universe, so like the concept yeah. of forever is for as long as this universe has been going, uh, which yep. is kind of hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> that is. That is. I I love it, though. Like, it, I, I love all the, all the, the philosophy in, in all this stuff. It's, it's the, the whole naming thing, the whole, like your, your thought, your, your being, your existence begins with the idea of a name, a, 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 a closed loop. And then it slowly, like you as you as they as a soul, and 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 thoughts and and ideas, push that name into something. You know, one one crinkles the paper a little bit in the center, and it becomes an S. The other one cuts it off. It makes it a hard stop to where now it's a a, a point. Like it's, I love those analogies. I really do. Um, but yeah. Uh, so then we have the second verdict. Uh, this place is called distributary. Uh, because it's a the whole like a river that doesn't like a tribute and and I'm not I'm not much of a geologist. Myth, do you have any geology background? Nope, can't say I do. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, so the whole like uh, uh the river that doesn't return back is a distributary. I I always thought that like oh yeah, because tributaries would feed the main. The mother river, right? Yeah, I think like, that's what they're saying. Like tributary is a branch that eventually rejoins. Distributary is a branch that never rejoins the the main river. That like breaks breaks off the main river yeah. and becomes its own river. Yeah. Okay. Uh 
The third one here is, is, is one that intrigues me a lot. Third, that the Awoken should multiply in wombs of flesh and machine, but only after the most careful forecast of population and ecology, and only under the supervision of those who knew the good technology, for each new child would be immortal. That's an interesting thought. So they're even thinking about things like, pop, not necessarily population control, but, I mean, they, they got to I mean, feed kinda. all these people. Yeah, like, right. Like this, this is absolutely like. How do you, how do you, as much as this is a utopia, we still got to feed everyone. <laughs> we still got to bathe everyone. We still got to house everyone. Like, there's only so much room here. Right. We don't. Presumably, to, there's only so much room. We don't want to use up the resources of this this place of this <laughs> utopia on, on day one. <laughs> you get to utopia, and you're just like, what do you want to do? Fuck till there's no tomorrow. No, 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 no. We can't do that. So even even the people have realized that you can't do that to Utopia. I love that thought now. That's a that's a I love that idea. Um it's also interesting that they're putting so much reverence behind uh what they are calling Utex, um, which is E U T E C H S. Uh which are the people that understand how to use the this technology from their former world and um, well and that's what i was going to ask is this is, is the whole utech is that everything that they found in this ship is or, or i say ship inside this metal spear is that uh i assume that's so that that's where it came from they're they're pretty unclear with how much memory people have of their time as a human after being awoken because to in, in Alice Lee's case, it sounds like, at least initially, she didn't have memory of, of her time. Or it was fuzzy, maybe. Because um, she sure. said, I think you were Mara. Um, so it might be that, oh, like, yeah. it's there, but she's looking at it from a thousand miles away kind of feel. Um, sure. So maybe some people have a little better grasp on their memory. Maybe it's a thing where over time you it becomes you know something that you they can access more. And that's that's an interesting thing that you say there too, because Mara was almost exact in what was happening when she was like, "I was tethered," and then cuts herself off. Oh yeah, no, she knew like within moments of being reawoken what had transpired leading up to her her reawakening um that's that's gonna be an interesting thing that's gonna be another little like keep that in the back of your mind when you're listening to this because this is (laughs) that's important (laughs) so there's there's actually a a section that i thought was here that is does not appear to be here and i cannot find it doing searches online um so i don't i don't know where this is but i i promise i'm not making it up there was a portion that i remember when i was going through this uh, last time where aldrin or, or aldwin at the time wasn't able to manifest himself he he was that floating consciousness out in the ether and all the other awoken were were manifesting and he was trying but wasn't able to do it himself and uh, Mara had to actually reach, kind of like reach out metaphysically and like right. pull him into existence uh, as Aldrin. 
And Interesting. I, I bring that up because a, I think it's important to, to recognize that like, this is another moment where his sister kind of saved him. Um, but he actually references, or or I should say, the Nightmare of Aldrin actually references this in, I believe, it was the first Sever mission uh, of this oh, this no current kidding. season, where um, he's trying to get jabs in at Aldrin, um, if, or oh, yeah, uh, at Crow, I should say. The the um, Nightmare is trying to get jabs in at Crow. Yeah, the right? Nightmare is trying to get jabs at Crow, and this is when uh, you're in the Sever mission and you can see them behind like that glass panel about halfway through the mission, right? Uh, one of the dialogues is uh, the Nightmare of Aldrin telling Crow um, something on the lines of like, you know, you're you wouldn't be able to handle things as well as the Guardian. Remember, Mara had to pull you uh, had to pull you in di- at the distributary. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Like something along those lines. I'm I'm paraphrasing. Um, but the Nightmare specifically referenced being needing assistance to awaken uh interesting so that that is what the nightmare was talking about i wish i thought it was in this section i thought so too because they they literally just jump right into like they start naming off people they're like alice lee spoke first in council but then the urging of Aldrin, just out of nowhere like who the hell is Aldrin? Aldrin is old win uh many sought out mar for a secret conclave among those were kelda kelda Wodge, who became the all teacher Celia who would be the mother of Acilia. Like they're just naming people off rapid fire. Like, holy shit. I get, I get that multi- <laughs> we are multiplying exponentially, but g- give me a charter real quick. Let me start writing names down. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. And like I said, I was doing some quick searching here. Um, I can't find what the, where that, that specific, um, you know, scene came from. I 99% sure it's out there. I just cannot for the life of me find it. Maybe we'll stumble upon it elsewhere as we go on. Um, or we got, we got some more homework for our listeners. <laughs> do our research for us and get back to us. Do our, <laughs> do our job for us. <laughs> but no, seriously, like, if, y'all, if y'all know where, what we're talking about, if, if y'all know the entry, if it's on like a ship or a ghost shell or, or, or something in game, and and somebody right now is probably listening is going it's on blah 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 and we're just like yeah we don't have a clue <laughs> um yeah. yeah shoot shoot it at us in, in the in our in our in our twitters yeah i i will keep looking but if you do happen to know where that's on um feel feel free to let us know and we'll we'll include that next time around but yeah. um but yeah so we got the utex uh fifth the women should be the care because the the women outnumber the men right now yep. so the so men are Men are kind of like the the housekeepers, which I'm a okay with this as a <laughs> personal housekeeper. I enjoy I enjoy my life as a housekeeper. Uh, oh, does that mean does that mean I'm awoken? I mean, whatever you gotta tell yourself. That's what it's all about. Uh, I mean, that's that's literally how the awoken came to be. I mean, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> um, they they thought themselves back into existence. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. But yeah, so reverence for technology, um, very much a separation between where they came from and where they are, and that they hold no no debt to be paid to where they came from. Like yep. that that transaction is completed, and they are now separate from it forever. Uh, yep. And that they would recognize Alice Lee as the queen. 
the queen of the awoken. Yep. Um, and and then and then the then the, the queen's uh, proclamation there. And you paused because I I looked at the word too, and I was like, did they mean to put proclamation? But no, it says it says pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, there would be no secrets among the awoken. That that that's, right that's there again, leading one. back. <laughs> Leading back to the previous entry where Mara says the first lie and the first secret kept. I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I was second. I don't know. And then even even in that last paragraph, uh, for Alice knew that the quiet council around knew of the quiet council around Mara, and although she was neither jealous nor afraid, she remembered it carefully as a spark that might catch. So I think she's even. I think even Alice Lee is starting to gain. I I like that idea of like gaining back your memories. It's almost like she's remembering that cult of personality that Mara had mm-hmm. on the Exodus ship, and so it's she's seeing that same cult of personality happen here, and she's like, okay, it was kind of dangerous then, but it was it was it wasn't bad. Here, this is a this is a utopia. This is a. I mean, we're literally thinking beings into existence. That's a dangerous thing to have in a utopia is this cult of personality. Yep. No, absolutely. So she knows I need to keep an eye on Mara. Uh, yeah. And she makes this very public. You know, there will be no secrets amongst the Awoken. Uh, and that's her very first act as the queen of these immortal peoples. I'm I'm curious if like at that meeting like Mara's sit they're they're all you know all the people are there and and the she's having their first proclamation and she just just dagger eyes right at Mara the whole time there will be no secrets <laughs> and just stares her down like that's yeah I choose to believe that's how it went yeah <laughs> like, I'm talking about you right there <laughs> I'm talking about you <laughs> but so keep in mind she made this this. This claim of there will be no secrets amongst the Awoken. And now we're going to go into the next chapter. This is chapter 12, um, which is Fideicide 1. And uh, like all of these titles, I'm going to look up. I looked up Fideicide. Uh, It is a breaker of one's word or trust, also known as a faith destroyer. Ooh. So this chapter goes like this. In those days, there was a great birth of adventure among the Awoken. Hunters and pioneers sought the shape of the world. Sailors charted the skein of rivers and the perimeter of seas, and astronomers plotted the motion of the crowded heavens. Over this age ruled Queen Alice Lee, whose work was the creation of agriculture and the preservation of the U technology which she deciphered from the ship spire. But there remained in the forests one tribe of huntresses who preferred their light-footed freedom from comfort and duty to the painstaking surplus of the city. Among these tribes, Mara lived with her brother, whose name had returned as Aldrin, and with Osana, their mother. It was said that Osana lived as a negotiator, and that her son brought her news from other tribes for he was a scout and a hunter of renown. But Mara dwelt alone on a mountaintop. In the tribes of the forests and the sea, there was the belief that the Awoken had been made out of a friction between contesting forces, and that one day this conflict would need to be resolved. These were the Ichilists, 
who preached that Awoken owed a debt to the cosmos. But in the cities they lived by the seventh verdict under their queen, and they said that the Awoken had been created by cosmic gift and carried neither responsibility nor eschaton. Eschaton? These were the sanguine who preached that the Awoken were as stable as an atom of carbon. Now there arose among the Echolists a woman out of the 891 who called herself the Diaserim. She went into the cities calling out, I accuse the queen of deicide, and when she was questioned, she spoke of a foundational crime. Alice Lee was the first to awaken in this world, the Diaserim preached. She set the terms of our existence. We could have been gods free of want or suffering, but Alice Lee chose our mortal form. Our queen is complicit in all the pain we experience. The queen murdered all our unborn godheads. At the thought that the queen without secrets had kept this most appalling secret to herself, the sanguine city folk were deeply troubled. And thus began the Theodicy War. And that's the end of that chapter. So, th- this one brings up a very, obviously this is a very touchy, borderline dangerous subject of religion. We essentially have two different types of thoughts. The one from the the um, Echolist yeah. that says the Awoken, we need to, we, we, we still owe a debt. So they're 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 def and and again I maybe not religion maybe maybe more political than religious it it seems kind of like a a borderline of both like a little bit of both yeah a little bit of both I can uh, see that so so you have you have this one group that's that says we still owe a debt to the cosmos like this this we almost looking at the distributary and and their existence as as like as much as a gift this is we still need to complete the debt we we still need to pay it back like there's 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 still the debt there and then you have the the city the city dwellers um the sanguine who are the the sanguine and they're like no 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 seventh verdict says otherwise we we owe no debt to nothing like this this is paradise this is we we at the queen called out asked for a pardon the entity that was attacking us gave us a pardon we're good so now there's now now you've created conflict, right? Like anytime you have two opposing ideas, whether they be political or religious or whatever, conflict will arise. It's it's that's just that's just how conflict starts. And this this I I love I love this this scene here at the end where the 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 essentially the speaker for the for the Echolist walks into the city and just points at the queen and just I accuse you of deicide. And then the logic behind it. Well, she, the queen created this entire universe. She could have made us gods. Why didn't she make us gods? If this, if this was our, if this was our, you know, it, if there is no debt to be repaid, then this should be the final existence. Like this should be paradise. This should be essentially heaven. 
right? Like this should be the the final thing. Like we should be gods here. Why are we not gods? And so to accuse her of deicide, which which is the killing of gods, um, and just be like, boom. And so now, war, the Odyssey War, and and it's it's especially um potent i guess or or personal for most of the the citizens here because it's not she's not accusing alice lee of deicide of some other benevolent figure you know it's not like you killed the god that we worship it's you killed the chance for all of us to have been gods so it's it that's, it, a, that's a crazy thought yeah like it, it's a little more it's a little more um, direct feels more directed at each individual citizen. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And in addition to that, you know, this is the, the queen without secrets. This is the queen that proclaimed yeah. there will be no secrets amongst the awoken. And for there to have been this huge, you know, looming dark secret of the queen to be brought to light like this, it also like throws everything else she's ever done into question. Right. Um, so needless to say, we get, we get a war between the, the Awoken peoples. And, uh, and remember as much as they're immortal, they, they can still be killed. They can still die from outside sources. Yeah. So that leads us into the next chapter here where we see just how terrible a war can be when you're talking about immortals. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Alice Lee whispers as far down below the ship spire, the funeral barges on the lake of leaves burst into magnesium white fire. The voices of the paladins rise on summer wind, first choral and then the single keening strains of grief pains sung by lovers and close friends. They are singing their lost comrades into death. One of the 891 fell today, shot down by a matter laser, a coherent boson weapon. There was almost nothing left to burn. Matter lasers are the kind of appalling Maltech weapon Alice thought she'd locked up in the ship spire's vaults. She'd armed a few of her paladins with them, just a few women she couldn't bear to lose. The thought that one might have defected to the diaserum breaks her heart. It wasn't supposed to go this way, Alice repeats. She has not yet had a confidant in nigh on fifty years. There is no one to whom she can show any doubt. I promise you, it, it wasn't. I know, Mara says. The Utex found her and plucked her from her mountaintop with one of the ship spire's VTOL aircraft, which Alice had, until the war, only ever used as an ambulance. The mission was to carry on the human journey in a new world. Alice paces the wooden deck that clings to the ship spire airlock, nearly a kilometer above the lake. To build a better society on the principles of equality Knowledge and peace. I have the charter, Mara. It remembers what I cannot. We were never meant to give up our bodies or shine like stars or... Or... She groans in frustration and clutches the railing. 
or whatever it is that the Deuserum thinks I denied them. She thinks you denied them even the capability to imagine godhood. Alice looks sharply back at the other woman. Did you start this, Mara? Nothing has one beginning, Mara says. Did you, did she come to you on your mountaintop and ask you what I did? Did you answer her? Is that why she is so convinced that I... She swallows against the bitter taste of her enemy's words. Enslaved her in mere humanity? I didn't have to tell her. Mara's white hair stirs in the hot wind. A herd of black horses crosses the northern horizon, all born of shipspire wombs, chased by a long-legged huntress and her collie. You don't keep enough secrets, your majesty. The Deuserum might have opened any one of your texts and read the story you tell. We were born when a great ship fell into a pearl of shattered space. I awoke first, and in my awakening I collapsed the potential of the void and into a form I understood. Who can read that truth and not hear arrogance? Mara asked. Alice thought Mara might say that. Alice also thought Mara might try to push her off the balcony. But she now knows that was a petty fear. Mara is not the Diaserum. Mara knows the unthinkable value of even a single awoken life. Why do you love lies so much? She asks Mara. Not lies. The pale radiance of Mara's eyes. The flush of violet stain around them. Secrets. Even if everyone shared a single truth, all our minds would produce different versions of the truth. We speak these subtruths, and like flowers of different seed, the subtruths compete for the light of our attention. In time, only the fiercest and most provocative strains remain. They are not always the truest. Better to keep secrets, your majesty. Better to tend a great mystery and so starve the flowers before they can grow. That is how I would be queen. Down below the lake of leaves shimmers in the crater carved by Shipspire's mushroom prow. One by one, the funeral boats are going out. I want to end this war, Alice Lee tells the second Awoken. I want to negotiate a peace, and I will need your mother's help. What would you ask in exchange? Mara smiles graciously and bows her head. Nothing but a future boon. And that is the end of that chapter. God, this this is a this this is a, this is a scene, man. This is a. I mean, th- there's so much in this. They're li- they're they're. I I picture this as like a like a very Viking funeral like yeah. scene, mm-hmm. right? Ships on a lake with bodies on them launching arrows into them to light the to light the ships on fire and thus burning them it, like that's very and and 
it, it's interesting to see that that symbology there, even in this utopian world. There's still there's a lot of things that are definitely starting to carry over from the old world into this world. Um, even even the 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 texts that Alice Lee wrote that Mara quotes to her, you know, uh, the whole "We were born when a great ship fell into a pearl of shattered space. I awoke first, and in my awakening, I collapsed the potential of this void into a form like." It, all of that i was the first i was the greatest i was i mean the fact that she's written her own like <laughs> bible kind of that... yeah <laughs> yeah she alice lee's a little arrogant uh but yeah it just like i i absolutely love this scene and uh additionally it it really points out um something that both Mara and Alice understand. Um, They talk about the... Mara knows the unthinkable value of even a single awoken life. To kill an immortal awoken, an immortal, is not just to, to... you know, to to kill something that has a limited lifespan is is terrible in its own right, but you are not just denying the world whatever the next 50 years or or however many years of that thing of that being that person's lifespan would have been you're denying the world the eternity that that immortal's lifespan would have been and all the things they would have done and all the discoveries they would have made all the good they could have done and like that that is the gravity that is being assigned to these deaths as part of this war to to each individual life like that the gravity of that is i mean that that's i, I can see how like e- even just having one of the 891 fall in battle and and to, and to fall in such a such a devastating way i mean apparently there were these weapons that that came with them these matter weapons that I imagine literally deatomized them, like just mm-hmm. on a molecular level, boop, gone. Like, and the, now they're in the hands of the of the people that want to go back. Of the, I'm I'm assuming the forty thousand. <laughs> like that's kind of dangerous. Um, so there's not even like a body to be buried at sea. Like it's like no wonder Alice Lee's like I want to end this war. Like. I, whatever it takes, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And and that's any time someone starts a deal with whatever it takes, you, you you know the other half of that deal is is something important. Like it's it's gonna be something big. Well, and Mara asks, and, like, just give me a favor of my choosing in the future. Just a just a favor in the future. That's all I want. Yep. That's that's a that's a and and for an immortal. A favor in the future. It, I mean, that's that's forever. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is that is constantly being uh, in the back of your head, going yeah. when when is that going to get called in? What is it going to be? Yeah. And I also I also like the whole like uh, like Alice looks at Mar and is like, you know, why why do you love lies so much? And Mar is like, no no no, not lies, secrets. Like the idea of a secret is is so great that like the flowers 
that would bloom from that secret are starved before they can even get a chance to bloom. Like it, I love that idea. I Mara's very, very philosophical and very, and it again, I think this plays back to her idea of like conversation, like like the spoken word is a is a a shitty way to communicate. Like it's 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 filled with nuances and falsehoods and whatever. But but she's she's the way she talks is very very regal like i can't yeah. think of any other way to put it and, it, and it's and, and very calculated and it's interesting mara is is essentially telling her like i would rule in such a way that nobody that nobody knows the truth from me because the truth will spin into you know twisted versions of what is really true and if I just don't, if I just play the mysterious ruler that no one ever, you know, gets an answer out of, then those twisted rumors can never start. And I, I see that yeah. as a more valuable way of ruling and leading than trying to be open and honest and risking all of that honesty being twisted in some unintended way. Yeah, it's it's also interesting that like the the last part of this one that I that I want to talk about was the she doesn't ask Mara to help in the war. She asks for Mara's mom, Osana. Yeah, the negotiator. Like, the negotiator. Like I I I imagine that as like the same thing as like 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 any type of like uh, Hollywood movie. It's like the negotiator, or like you know the. She just walks in and says just like a single word, and the other team, the other side is just in tears, crying. Well, whatever you want, I don't care. Just do it. That's what that's what I think of Osana as. Yeah. So, <laughs> in other words, no, that's not what she is. <laughs> uh, well, we we get a little peek at Osana as a negotiator here in the very next chapter. So, um, no, it's. The negotiator. I'm trying to get that one to stick. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got to say it with like with gusto. The negotiator. I mean, yeah. it's not like a WWE wrestler here. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, it, <laughs> here comes Osana, the negotiator. <laughs> now it. Now she is. Yeah. Now, now she. Now and she runs stuck. the Fight Club with Aldrin. That's it. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, with with that with that little head cannon in mind, we'll we'll read the next one here. Yes. Um, so this is chapter fourteen, um, Fideicide three. To end a world with a shot, or pin eternity on a blade, to see your sisters lost to rot, and their undone works decayed. The death of an immortal wastes the infinite potential of all they might become, and an immortal's grief and murder guilt left unattended will never fade. Thus it became known to those who fought in the Theodicy War that they had committed an incomparable evil, but that they could not confront their own responsibility. So they rose up in wrath against those who had given them cause whether by caging them in flesh bodies or drawing blood over grievances, the war continued by spear and bow, 
by knife and scalpel, by old machine and new invention. Ever did the diacerum's faithful call for the unawaring of Queen Alice Lee. Now there entered into the diacerum's camp Osana, mother of Mara, famed for her skill in negotiating contested land. She had come with her son, Aldrin, who could win a place in any camp for his beauty and for the regal crow-eagle that alighted on his shoulder. I come from Mara, said Osana, whose heart has frozen in her chest. If you will end the killing, she will tell you any secret that you desire. For his part, Aldrin went among the Diaserum's warriors and spread ill tidings of Mara's knowledge, saying, Mara remembers how the queen led us here out of chaos and saved us from the twin blindness of darkness and light. Mara knows what the queen keeps secret. Mara has seen the strife in our souls, the clash from which we were made. We could not ever have been gods with this flaw in us. Rather, we were made from this schism. For as all life is born from energy gradient, as life in the world before was born from the gradient between hot proton-rich vent water and cold seawater, we were born of the shadow line at the edge of light and dark. We are tremors in that fault. Forever will that schism lead us. Hearing this new heresy, the Icolus were seized with rapture and scattered to the points of the compass, telling all they met. We are the yield of a mighty engine. We could never have been gods. Like diamonds, we were crushed into being. Like diamonds, we hold flaws. Meanwhile, Osana spoke to the Diaserum, who was also heartsick from the killing and who longed to withdraw from the world and seek transcendence within. There is no guild for the murder of an immortal, Osana counseled her. You must become a teacher or a midwife and devote yourself to the enrichment of new lives. But Diaserum craved secret knowledge, and she sought Mara upon the mountaintop, and here she vanished. If she was ever known again, it was not by the name Diaserum. When there was peace, Queen Lee ruled the Awoken for a time, but the guilt of the war lay heavy upon her, and after an age of peace and progress, she abdicated to a new queen. And that's the end of that chapter. So I, I, I like this one too, especially now with the head canon of <laughs> Osana the Negotiator and her trusty sidekick, Aldrin the Unyielding. Like, yeah, no, that's that's head canon now. I, I imagine them in like luchador masks with capes and, oh, yeah, yeah. and little onesies. Oh, yeah. 100%. All the, all the frilliness and the <laughs> And the shininess, walking in camp to camp, and Osana's like, "Hear the words of 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 the great Aldrin, the unyielding." And Aldrin's just walking up to all the warriors. Listen to me, people. This war sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, so. This is a really good point. Osana and 
the Diocerum didn't really end this conflict. Yeah. Osana gave Diocerum the option of you can you can surrender by devoting your life to enriching future generations to make up for all the lives that are lost because of you essentially absolutely yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but even that wouldn't have ended this war because they they talk about right. like there they were this fight was continuing even though diasarum was ready to be done with it she was just as as heartbroken over this death as alice lee was uh but you know rage and grief fuel continued to fuel the fight and it was it was aldrin carrying the words of mara going around and telling them look we we shouldn't be fighting because we never could have been gods like this this deicide is non-existent because we are too flawed to have ever have been able uh you know able of godhood um yep and it was that idea that that like new heresy as they called it that spread through yeah. the ranks <laughs> and gave them a reason to give up the fight. And that's like, I mean, to me that to be able to speak like that and just be like, look, we were, we were never, we were never meant to be gods in the first place. And, and for the people to just kind of be like, well, shit, maybe he's right. You know, like, yeah. Uh, Osana, the negotiator and, her tag team partner, Aldrin, the unyielding, win again. <laughs> the other important bit here is that although Diaserum was given kind of that ultimatum by Osana, she chose to seek out Mara to gain more knowledge, more secret knowledge, and was never seen from again. Yeah. And I like how they put it there, too. Like, it doesn't say she was killed. It just says she vanished if she was ever known again, it was not by the name Diaserum. Mm-hmm. Like that's that was an interesting one there. I I was very intrigued by that. I also like how Aldrin um describe like when he's talking about uh, uh Mara's knowledge, how he describes how they were born. Right, the twin blindness of darkness and light. You know, you can't you can't just look at darkness as at like pure darkness is blinding is in you can't see anything in it. Pure light is blinding on the opposite end of the spectrum. It's just so bright. You literally can't see anything. And for some reason, I'm remembering a, a an entry somewhere. I want to say it was the Drifter. Yep. Uh, so that, and, that and, entry, <laughs> I had the same exact thought. That entry yeah. was a dialogue between the Drifter and um, the Emissary of the Nine in the yeah. Prophet, uh, excuse me, in the Prophecy Dungeon. Um, where he, where she shows her like she shows the world him. has to be a balance of two. Yep. You can't have one or the other. She she teleports him, or maybe physically, maybe just mentally, but <laughs> she puts him into the experience of a light of uh, a world of pure light, and it's he can't see anything, and these things are like running into him, and they're you know screaming at him for him to end them because they can't die, and yeah. then the opposite. A realm of pure dark, and he still can't see anything, and all it is is just like <laughs> this overwhelming smell of rot and decay forever. Uh, yeah, and you know, eventually they they pull him out of his visions or or whatever. 
Um, the whole time he's just he's just <laughs> shitting all over himself. What the hell touched me? What is doing that? Get off of me! <laughs> yeah, in classic drifter fashion. But uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's the twin blindness. as a, a twin representation blindness. of it. I really like that. Um, and then like the the idea of like uh, we were born of the shadow line at the edge of dark and light. We are the tremors in that fault forever. Will that schism lead us? So I mean literally just saying like we are the gray we are the the in between not fully light not fully dark we're we're just that that idea of gray that idea of of uh, of a middle ground is what leads us as a people i really i really like the words that they chose here yeah so uh and at at the end of all this the war is is ended um, and Alice Lee continues to lead for a time, I think probably to stabilize things and, and get things back, uh, you know, back in motion in a positive direction. And then she gives up her position to a new queen. Um, and that brings us to chapter 15, which is heresiology, which, as you might guess from the name of that, is the study of heresy in the history of religion. See, now that one made sense. That one made sense, yes. That word made sense. The rest of these are... We have to do some more Googling. Um, but okay, so this one goes like this. A woman lives alone on the forest hills above the Feather Barrens. North of her, in a chaos of ravines and clear but fiercely radioactive streams, the hills surrender to high imperial mountains engaged in brutal seismic warfare. For a distributary is a young world and is not settled in its grudges. To the south are the dry lands where the birds of the forest, especially the parrots, go to die. She lives here because one day she will no longer be immortal, and she wants to observe the dignity of death. Up these hills come a man and his mother. The man moves with practiced wariness, but his mother is tired of walking. So she sits down on a giant melon and bellows, Mara! A fountain of startled birds shoots up into the dawnlight. Not far away, the woman looks up from the broken body of a juvenile gray parrot and softly says, Mom? That night, over the fire, after Mara and Osana talk around the oddness of long separation, Mara, tending the pheasants on their spits, says, Brother, your eagle killed a parrot today. He had to hunt, Aldrin says carefully. You won't forbid him his last pleasures, will you? You've brought him here to die? Mara wants to leap up and hug her brother out of pity and respect. Many of his raptors have died before this one, but Aldrin has always been grief-stricken and furious at the waste. Now he's accepted what must happen. He has given his bird the respect of choosing its own place and time to pass. I have, Aldrin says, looking away. Her pride and respect make him a little verklempt. And Mother decided she would come along. A sheer force as powerful as tectonics has divided Mara's heart. She wants to sit down with her mother and ask her everything, but she is afraid of Osana's insight. 
What brings you to my little camp, mother? Lies, Osana says. Lies and secrets, and the girl who didn't want to be my daughter, who doesn't know the difference between them. I know the difference between a girl and a daughter, Mara says, purposefully misunderstanding. The drip pan sizzles beneath golden meat. Her stomach growls. Your daughter picks up your baton at the end of the race and goes on living the life you've taught her. You wouldn't want that, mother. But then I'd be all your fault. That's true, Hosanna sighs. But you know what I mean. Aldrin looks between the two of them, frowning. Mom, what is this? It's your sister about to admit she's behind it all, aren't you, Mara? She unimpales the pheasants from the spits and neatly licks hot grease off her hands. If she spoke, she might scream in terror. What does that mean, behind it all? Does Osana know? The Achilles are her creation, her mother tells her brother. The Diacerum was her pawn. She allowed the Theodicy War because she was afraid that we'd be too comfortable here, and also so that Queen Alice would need her help politically. Mara couldn't afford to be the most radical dissident. She had to seem moderate for her beliefs to thrive. Isn't that right, Mara? Mara puts a hand into the warm soil to keep herself from slumping in relief. Mother doesn't know it all. Shall I carve your portions? She asks, holding the fractal knife politely laid down. Aldrin has that look. He knows Mara never answers his questions directly. By evading Osana's, it's as if she's saying that the question is really Aldrin's to ask. Looks delicious, but Mother does make me curious. Why have you always lived away from the rest of us, Mara? The mountaintop, I understand. You had a brand new night sky to chart, but why now? Why go into the woods like a hermit? A heretic. For the same reason she lived on the hull. For the same reason she can never allow Aldrin to really reach her. There is power in remove, and also safety from the belittling, belittling politics of temporal power, which reveal the mighty as unforgivable, unforgivably ordinary and petty. The Awoken have a queen, because a queen can be a mystery. I remember the day I was born, she says. Do you, brother? He flinches from her eyes. He remembers Yang Liwei and the tether into darkness. He remembers how gravity stretched them into agonized ribbons of flesh. He remembers the truth not even Alice Lee may be allowed to know. Mara sees the agonizing moment, the cyclic revelation when he thinks of her crime, allows it to pierce him like a spit, and buries it deep again. Osana takes her portion of pheasant meat and rolls it in the bowl of sweet-cooked nuts her daughter has prepared. The stars are coming out over the mountains, and the forest birds sing. This place is good, she says. This world, whatever you remember of our lives before, Mara, 
I know they could not have been this good. No, Mara says, but you were both with me, and I hope you always will be. Always, her brother promises. Eat well. Mara claps her hands and stands. Tomorrow, we journey. Where? her mother asks. I have star charts to share, and heresies to tend to, and a new eagle crow to find for her bereft brother. That's the end of that chapter. God, this is... The tension is palpable in this one. So, Uh, yeah. Yeah. We uh we get a we get a couple things here. We get um Osana has put together the pieces of like Mara orchestrated the the Theodicy war and the divide in opinion um between the the Sanguine and the the Ecolists um and you know was the the puppet master behind the Deuterum uh but she hasn't put together this grander secret that Mara is despite all these things she's figured out Mara is relieved that she doesn't know whatever this other secret is um oh oh and the secret is so juicy <laughs> and apparently it's a secret <laughs> that Aldrin also knows yes and is staying loyal to his sister and burying it Whenever it comes I, to his mind, I love that. I love that. It's it's that continually chasing his sister, like even even after. I mean, I even after the the living on the hull of the of the ship, and and he's constantly. I don't want to say inner shadow because it's it's not. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's the like living in fear, living in in this constant shadow of of oh the mysterious mara or anything he is constantly chasing her he is he is struggling and trying to keep up with her to yeah. to to always be there for her and it, and i love that like you know this world whatever you remember of our lives before mara i know that cannot have been this good is what her mom says and then mara says no but you were you were both with me and i hope you always will be and only her brother answers back with always. Yes. Her mom doesn't answer back. And I think that's a that's an interesting, like, what is going on here? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. A little foreshadowing. Absolutely. And then there's the whole the whole thing with the bird, right? Like I it, it obviously it, in in today's game, we see Aldrin as Crow, like Crow is right. Aldrin is dead. Crow is is the guardian, um, and and he's always mentioned as a as a bird as a as a something. And and we even see it here, like the the he had he has eagles that he uses to hunt with. And before he would see them die, and he was like, well, this is just a waste. And so now he's he's starting to accept that okay, these things will die, but I want them to die on their terms. Yeah, I want them to die doing what they love doing, and that's being the hunter being the 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 predator not just a a bump on a log wasting away yeah so um and and mara makes this this you know we have a journey to make uh 
you know, she has star charts to share, apparently, is, is her excuse anyway. Um, and that kind of leads us into chapter 16. Well, and I was going to add on to that, too, real quick. Yeah. Uh, that, last, that last paragraph, I have, stars, I have star charts to share. That's where she ends, yes. her, her speaking bit. Then internally is where she says, and heresies to tend to and a new eagle crow to find for her bereft brother. So, like, obviously Mara's, like... She has ulterior even at motives. at this point in yeah. time. <laughs> right. We're seeing scheming Mara be scheming Mara, even at this point in time. Like, all throughout Destiny, the, the, the game itself, the, the, the part that we as the Guardian have gotten to play and interact with Mara, there's always been a scheme. There's always been this thing in the background that's just constantly there but it's it's like right at the edge of our fingertips but we don't quite know what it is and then it slips away and then we get almost in reach and it slips away again and we're even seeing that here in the in the distributary um of this secrets this this it it's that's definitely like the main thing that we're seeing here is yeah. secret secret secrets yeah so uh, this brings us to chapter 16, which is entitled Imponent, uh, which means a person who imposes a duty. I'm glad you Googled all these words. <laughs> Someone's got to. Um, right. So this one goes like this. In later days, the power of the queen waned and the distributary was ruled by scholars who sent their knights on mad quests to test the consistence of reality. These were the Jensum scribes, who traced their origin to Kelda Waj, the all-teacher, but who were in fact descendants of a band of roving storytellers who traveled across the immense salt glades in a hollering convoy of airboats. Here was their praise of the world. It is sweet-watered, and there are no poisons upon it. The temper of the climate is even. Great broad-pawed cats stalk the shallow glades, and brilliant blue flamingos promenade upon the flats. The air is thick and warm, suited for flight, and the wind tastes of forest. No dawn has ever been as glorious as the salt-glade dawn and no dusk has ever moved women to weep as deeply as sunset in the Chryseids. Corsairs sport upon the open seas, and where they waylay freighters rather where they waylay freighters rather than each other, they give rumor and assistance to their prey in proportion to the quality of the chase. Beloved are the stories of young lads and lasses who leap across to the Corsair ship for a life of adventure. Beloved also are the terraced farms of the Anadolis, mountains so mighty and so dense with radioactivities that they subside year by year into the crust. Most beloved are the fissioneers who vaulted us to power on a world where petrochemical, a world without petrochemicals. May they forgive the many stories of horror we have told in their memory. May they, in particular, forgive the lurid stories of the molten-lead reactor and the twelve who were impaled to the ceiling by their control rods and the core that stalked. 
It is the sanguine truth that we were granted this world by the unconditional mercy of the powers, and that we will never again know fear. But the scribes also recorded their frustration with Mara and Aldrin, who alone out of the 891 were said to have seen creation from the outside. These two wandered the land, gathering lore of portents and prophecies, and all the Ecolists who remained from ancient days whispered that soon the day of reckoning would be known, the day when the Awoken would be called to repay their debt. Now in the court of one of the scribes there appeared a woman of stellar height and furious wrath, armed with a bow that could only be strung if she twined it around her body and used her whole mass to bend it. I am Sheer Ido, said the woman, and I accuse Mara of the ancient murder of my lady, the Diaserum. In my saddle I have a weapon with only one death remaining in it. Take me to Mara, and I will use it on her. The scribes consulted and said to each other that this foul murder might prevent another theodicy war. So they gave Sheer Ido all their knowledge to hunt Mara. And that's the end of chapter 16. Ah, oh, the beginning of the Jimson scribes! <laughs> my, my beloved Asher Mir! And I find oh. it kind of interesting because we, we know Asher Mir um, is very much the like, you know, he's, he's the, the crazy, crazy professor, uh, wants to test everything, <laughs> has to have the, you know, the scientific results at all costs. Um, but the, the telling of the original scribes talking about their, their, uh, adventures across the world yeah. are very are very romantic are very bard like you know weaving absolutely weaving this tale of you know of beautiful locales and glorious adventures of these corsairs uh and like it, it's interesting because they've got things like um forgive the many stories of horror we have told in their memory uh of the core that stalked and the uh, 12 who were impaled to the ceiling, like they have their own myths and horror stories that they're referencing here that are internal to right. their culture um, that they, they don't explain in this book and probably never will. But like, it, it's cool to see references to like this kind of this internal culture that we, we really haven't been exposed to in this book up till now. Yeah. I I really like it. I I I do like that that part about the I cuz I I think of this as like in the sense of like a nuclear reactor. Yeah. You know, may mm -hmm. they in particular forgive the the lure stories of the molten lead reactor and the 12 who were impaled to the ceiling by their control rods and the core that stalked. In my mind, this is a reactor that went nuclear, like it 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 had a nuclear meltdown. Mm -hmm. And the control rods literally shot out of the central reactor and impaled 12 people on the ceiling and then gained sentience. That was how I took and it too. <laughs> that is fucking scary as shit. Like 
The emote can have no, some horror you. stories. I'm like, oh. No, thank you. I also think of, of I, th- then there's the funny side of it where I think of like, you know, if this truly is the beginning of the Jensen scribes, or, uh, the Jensen scribes and the, and the days of the bard and the storytelling, I think of like, you know, I try to think of like a bard poem in Asher Mir's voice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, the assistant came today. It sucked because the assistant was shit. And he didn't know shit, and I was the greatest being on the planet. The end. Sterile neutrinos. <laughs> sterile, neut- sterile neutrinos. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. That's his entire poem. <laughs> so I, I see you got a hold of Asher's diary as well. Okay. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> he, he has no he has no instruments or anything with him. It's literally just him screaming at stuff, being stupid, like "voo voo Zayla." <laughs> oh no, Asher would be the one that goes to uh, what do they call those? The the um crash poetry or whatever. Uh, <laughs> slam slam poetry, yeah. slam poetry. Yeah. <laughs> That that's Asher's kind of kind of bard telling story. He gets up on stage and he's just This place is too dark. All of you suck. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> snap, that's snap, his whole poem. <laughs> snap, 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 snap. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, shit. I but... wasn't ready for that one. So oh, I think man. more more important than our poetic waxings on, on Asher Mir. Uh <laughs> I love it. Is we get introduced to a very important character here by the name of Sheer Ido. Um, oh. oh. Now, Sheer shows up in a few places uh, that are still in-game, actually. Uh, there is a, a statue to her in the Shattered Throne dungeon. And if anyone has ever used the Wish Ender bow, that is Sheer Ido's bow. That is the bow that's described right here. Um, a bow that could only be strung if she twined it around her body and used her whole mass to bend it. Literally standing... And, and Myth and I are both... Um, I think Myth is, is definitely a better archer than I am. <laughs> More I practice. use compound bows. More, more practice. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but myth, you you use use uh, a recurve. Like this is a this mm-hmm. is a huge aspect, and this this isn't a recurve. This is a longbow. Yeah. No. This is a longbow. Um. Yeah. I I shoot Olympic recurve. Uh. But yeah. The even by longbow standards, what they're describing is um is something of like monstrous proportions. It's huge. This, this thing, this thing unstrung has got to be, it's got to be eight foot long. Probably more, honestly. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge, huge freaking bow. And like, even, even the proportions in game, like, don't, like, if you see someone with Wishinder on their back in the tower or something like that, like those proportions don't, it, it's enormous there. But I think, I think even that is like a shrunk down version of it. Like a, probably a, a, the guardians after they've done their quest, which I'm really bummed that this quest is no longer in the game. Cause it, I thought it was a really fun one that you kind of do a little interacting with Toland. And of course, Toland being the evil little shit that he is, uh, does all of his stuff. And then like you go through this whole thing in the shattered throne and, and you, you find these, these arc balls and you're, you're bringing them to the, the holder, the stat, the awoken statues that are holding them. and and placing them on the on the pedestal to to create this this 
whatever between them. And then you get to the statue of Shiraido and she's literally holding the bow and, and she finally allows you to take it. Um, Cause up until that point, like if you, if you're still on the quest and you haven't gotten to the point of actually completing it, it's just, it's just there kind of looming in front of you. Like, yeah, you, you could, you could have this, but you got to do something for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I love, I love this bow and it's, yeah. Yep. Love, love Shiraido. Love this bow. Full yep. stop. Yep. I uh I wish there was more reason to use Wishender in in PVE content honestly but uh I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping cuz and and this was again not to stray from our lore talk into mechanic talk uh but I, the last uh uh Twab mentioned putting you know possibly next season we're going to get more champion mods on uh exotics I'd love to see uh either piercing or unstoppable or something on it like I think that would be kind of cool Oh yeah absolutely I think it's a perfect, uh, perfect candidate for probably anti-barrier, just because it's yep. it's meant to be like a, you know, overpowering bow, a piercing, piercing shot, right? Yeah. E- either that or like unstoppable, like the way uh, Leviathan's breath is, right? Like that, mm-hmm. if if you knock it up and you let it go to full knock and and then release it on a perfect draw or something like that, maybe it does a a good unstoppable hit or something like that, like that. Yeah. No, I I like that. I like that idea. Definitely the piercing more the unstoppable. The more that I think about it, because it's like. Like even the bow itself says, it over penetrates targets and does a, does two hits, one on entry and one on exit. So yeah, this yeah. is a, this is a powerful fucking bow. Absolutely. This thing is this thing is gnarly. So with the the thought of Sure Ido coming to these scholars who are have more power than the queen at this time, saying I've got a gun with one bullet, and I'm claiming that Mara murdered my you know my previous uh commander i think i think she just says like uh comrade my my lady the diaserum yeah yep um i'm claiming mara murdered the diaserum i have a gun with one bullet in it i demand life for life show me where she is yep and uh the scholars are like well we've already been down this path once before and it did not end well so maybe if it we just sucked. maybe if we just let her do it we'll we'll lose one life instead of many that's it i mean i mean we've already talked about the gravity of losing one awoken life and these gents and scribes are just like yeah it's probably worth it and i i think it's worth um realizing how much time has passed at this point from when yeah. we when when the awoken first entered and named the distributary to to now and and this next entry gives a little a little hint into how much time that has actually been um by using people's memories as a as a gauge so uh this is chapter 17 um imponent 2 uh it goes like this carefully the people of distributary grew in number Joyously and constantly, they grew in quality. Those who do not die are as malleable and passionate as the young, as tempered and constant as the mature, and as wise and humble as the best of the old. But as ever the awoken were troubled by death, it was easy to imagine a world older and harsher than distributary. A world crowded with competitors where the slow-changing and lushly alive awoken would be helpless 
beside austere mayfly-quick breeders who adapted with every swift generation. Why had the Awoken been spared mortality? Were they, as the Sanguine preached, rewarded for their bravery and fidelity in a past existence? Or were the Icalus right? Could all the gifts of distributary, all the milk-bright stars above, all the years of Awoken life, be a form of cowardice? Was there an unfought battle down in the center of the Awoken soul? A duty yet to be discharged? Queen Naguya Pin restored the monarchy to prominence over the Jensum scribes. This she accomplished after a fateful visit upon the day of the summer solstice by a hooded and masked woman who some whispered was Mara Sav and others the long-vanished Diaserum. For nine and ninety years, a rhetorical figure meaning a long time, the queen had been in authority only in the arts and matters spiritual, but Queen Naguya Pin declared that she was now an avowed Icalist, and that the queen would lead the quest to identify whatever debt the Awoken owed to the cosmos. It was time to pursue a dream beloved to all Awoken, the conquest of space and the assessment of the true shape and age of their universe. The ancient court of the queen gave the Jensum scribes a place to lay down their pride and act as equals. Soon the greatest engineers in the world assembled in the queen's court, and whatever wealth and resources they required flowed freely. Great cataracts of men and women spilled around the palace, screaming of ramjets and, ap and aposes deep into the night, then awakening to pots of thick black coffee to mumble about metric tensors and cosmic microwave ancetropy. Into this feast of ideas came sheer Ido, searching for the woman who had turned Queen Pin to Icalism. Sheer smoldered with an ancient fury, for another thing that the immortal may nurture is everlasting vendetta. Sheer Ido deduced who among the queen's court must be a disguised Marasov. She followed the hooded figure to her laboratory and watched Mara go to work soldering a makeshift bellometer to search for signs of primordial gravity waves. Sheer Ido's fury and grief wedded themselves against Mara's thoughtless grace and ancient beauty, until at last her heart unseamed itself and spilled its hot blood in a shout. Mara Sov, she cried, throwing down her Maltech matter laser between them. I cannot live while you live, but I cannot bear to kill you. I challenge you to a duel to the agony. I will fight your most beloved companion to the death and leave you forever maimed, or else die in the attempt. Mara could not refuse this challenge. She summoned Aldrin, and with a ruthlessness that no longer frightened her to wield, she told Aldrin that he would stand for her in battle to the death against Shir Ido. We cannot put it all upon a single fight, Aldrin said to the ancient vendetta-bearer. Too much would be left to chance. 
Such an old grudge deserves to be tested well. I propose we fight with blade, with rifle, and with fifth-generation air superiority fighters. Shir Ido accepted these terms. And that's the end of that chapter. So I, th this one is is definitely like the. I mean, they 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 try to give a a timeline of how long this place has been around. <laughs> even even here for nine and ninety years, a rhetorical figure meaning a long time. <laughs> like as the 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 distributary is ancient now at this point. Like it it's, I I say ancient. It's a shit ton of time has passed. Like we'll 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 get to an exact number eventually, but. This place is is bordering on the ancient now, and but for an immortal, that's who cares. You know, a a, a a thousand years can be a second in their life. They don't care. They're immortal. Well, and I think what is an important thing to 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 think about here is that the way some of this is being described, um, where you know why had the awoken been spared mortality? It's as if the general populace of the Awoken is becoming, and I guess they do say that the people of the distributary have been growing in number. Anyone that was born in the distributary would not have memory of Alice Lee and Ooh. the original commandments or whatever they called them. Um, and like the, the original story of them coming into existence. So Interesting. this may be indicative of the population is starting to in either uh maybe maybe not a majority but there's a large enough chunk of the population that were not around during those initial years that they yeah. that the answer isn't as concrete anymore as to how they got where yeah. they are. Interesting. I didn't. I never thought of it from that point of view either. Like, I mean, we knew we had the the Bible of Alice Lee, but I mean, it it seems like this thing has been like ever since Alice Lee abjugated to to Nagoya. Now this thing is is just lost to. I assume she just took it with her and just nobody nobody read it again, and so now all they have is is what it, the 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 bard stories of the Jensums. You know, like, oh, was the great queen Alice Lee? She did some stuff, and it was awesome. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's what that's what they have to go off of. Well, yeah, no, that's. And I'm I'm guessing her reign is probably uh, marked mostly by the the Theodicy War. Is probably what Absolutely. people remember more than anything. This time of death. This this time of of great loss. And additionally, it seems like maybe some of the original tenants of the the awoken as people that were established by Alice Lee aren't aren't followed or aren't as concrete anymore specifically the there will be no secrets amongst the awoken you know she was the queen without secrets that clearly is not the case anymore no not at all so you know how much else has fallen to the wayside as as time has progressed here and and I'm saying that to to also, you know, think about how much time it would take, how much time would have to right. progress to to reach that point in the society's like mental state. 
and that's that's a, that's an interesting thing there too. So like if if we're if we're taking nine and ninety as a literal right, so that's almost a thousand years. Yeah, but it's 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 got to be longer than that because even even it's saying you know that's just rhetorical for a long time. The the first paragraph, um, the people of distributed grew in number, joyous and continuously they grew in quality. Those right. who did not die were as malleable and passionate as the young, as tempered and constant as the mature, and as wise and humble as the best of the old. So I mean, they, like the only thing constant there is the change, and 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 the fact that these people are are able to kind of evolve themselves, evolve their thinking. Like we're immortal. Who cares if we change our idea? If it sucks, we'll go back to the old way. If mm-hmm. it's new, cool, and it works, let's try it out. Like. That's an interesting thought to to think that they could just try whatever. Who cares? Yeah. So um, I think this is going to be a good place to end it for tonight. Uh, well, we're, we're, I'm going to touch. I'm going to touch one more thing before we do end it. Okay. Um, and that's the that's the 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 challenge. The challenge yes. to be yeah. issued. Uh, Shirido. She she searches out amongst all the people. Okay, that person right there has got to be Mara walks up to her and is ready to pull the trigger, like literally gun in hand, mm-hmm. possibly, you know, like I, I think of it as like this, like dramatic scene of like, you know, Mara's just working on her thing, just doing her whatever, doesn't even notice Shirado. And then Shirado's like just pissed in this, the, 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 that's the other thing they mentioned too. Um, Shir smoldered with an ancient fury for another thing that the, that the immortal may nurture is everlasting vendetta. So Shir's just pissed. You killed, you killed my, my leader you cared you you had to have been the one to have killed her like nobody's ever seen her since like if it, it, it's you it's your fault this is the whole reason we had this this change you you're the one that's that's whispered queen nagoya into into changing into an icolist like whatever this is this is like just rage continuous rage building up at her and she walks up to her gets all the way up to her and just throws the gun down it's like i can't even bring myself to kill you you're you're too you're too beautiful you're too perfect you're too like i can't i can't even do it and so i'm i i issue the challenge bring your bring your most beloved companion and if i win cool you're scarred for life because your most beloved companion is dead and if i lose i lose i'm dead and you're the you're the rightful victor and so mara chooses of course Aldrin, the unyielding. <laughs> and I think it's it's good to point out here that not only does Mara choose Aldrin, but uh she says um she summons Aldrin with a ruthlessness that no longer frightens her to wield. She tells him that yeah. he will stand for her in battle to the death. So like she We're starting to see that commanding presence there. She is used to using Aldrin for her own you know her own benefit and is no longer (laughs) no longer feels you know fear or regret presumably around about doing it sure yeah man that's a and then and then the the last one here the last little bit here (laughs) i still have to laugh about this because it just the jump just doesn't make any sense too much would be left to chance right we can't put it all in a single fight such an old grudge deserves to be tested well. I propose we fight with blade, rifle, and fifth generation air supporty fighters. <laughs> like what in the hell? 
Uh, <laughs> but, what in the actual but hell? <laughs> there's a very important reason. He, he's being quite cunning here. There's a very good oh, reason absolutely. he picked fifth generation air superiority fighters. And that reason is going to have to wait till next time. <laughs> Boom! Cliffhanger! Take it! <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're 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 getting we're getting pretty good at this cliffhanger deal. I like this. This is this is a this is a this is an awesome story. Like I I've always loved this story, of The Awoken, and I don't I don't even think we dived this deep when we did it the first time. No. Um. No. And so I'm actually really glad that we're recover we're we're recovering it. Re- yeah, re- recovering it. Sure. Yeah. That's uh, a now there. Okay, there's a Marism for you. What is recovering? Am I am I covering something again am i am i uncovering it like i'm recover i'm i'm gaining back something that i've i have lost i'm recovering it like like health well, i'm gonna leave you to ponder that and uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh well we definitely have uh some shout outs to give yes uh, we do uh we do let's say we have uh, a number of them that are coming to us from uh the apple podcast reviews uh yeah so i'll pull those up here uh the first of those is from a uh reviewer here the username coton juckums i think Sorry if that's if, not right. If y'all are just coming up with these usernames just to make us try to pronounce them, good on you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, no harm, no foul. I'll point, try my best. Point in your favor. <laughs> but uh, they were One kind nothing. enough to leave us a five star review. Thank you very much. Uh, saying this podcast is a much is a must for any Destiny player. I love learning about how the lore is tied into the story of the games. So when I get to something, I can see how and what the piece of lore has been through uh great dynamic between the two hosts loved i love how you both give the deep defined version and then try to give the dummy version so it's easy to understand to keep these episodes coming uh thank you we uh i i I like giving the dummy version (laughs) (laughs) well and and certainly for some of the the things they talk about especially when they they get very like metaphysical or uh yeah. you know, metaphorical like i sometimes have to explain it out loud just to truly understand what they're trying to say um absolutely so yeah that's that uh that helps us as much as it as, does you <laughs> it's not as easy as it looks as <laughs> yeah um who else we got yeah so we have another uh five star review from gunner 7 uh, and they say, honestly, the best Destiny lore content I've ever listened to. The banter and back and forth uh, theories is so creative and entertaining. I've listened to their Book of Sorrows and Light vs. Dark episodes twice, which is like 25 hours. I think it's actually longer than that, so good on you. It's a lot longer uh, <laughs> than that. <laughs> it helps add so much meaning to the game when I play it. Uh, I hope one day they can have Bife or Mylan be a guest because this podcast is on that level, if not better. That is very high praise. Uh, thank that's, you very that's much. The dream. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's, that's the dream. <laughs> well, if we, if it, I tell you what, if somebody's listening to this and they also listen to Mylan and Bife, maybe 
maybe throw a tag out. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it because I'm too freaking scared to. Um, maybe maybe they'll listen to our stuff and then and then it'll explode from there. Who knows? Exponential growth is totally sustainable, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it is not. Say <laughs> it is not. Uh, those guys put a ton of work and effort into uh, into what they do as well. Um, they are oh my god, yes, definitely their production value is infinitely higher than ours. Yes, <laughs> uh, we're just we're just two dudes with some free recording stuff. They have full on studios. I think like I mean they do it for a living. So, but right, uh, one one of them is literally help curate the books that we're using. <laughs> But no, that's the dream. That would be that would be awesome to to even be, that would be awesome. Even have a, a a opportunity for discussion with one of those guys would be cool. So uh, I don't I don't know that I'd survive that. I would just squeal like a little girl the whole time and just <laughs> wet myself and walk away. Be like, all right, I'm done. That's end of life. Life goal met. Oh, uh, but we have we have one more shout out tonight. Uh, that comes to us also from the Apple Podcast Reviews. Uh, another five star from username whoopty freaking do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another, another that. So now the, there's, I feel like that's the two level of usernames that we get to yep, see. We yep. get to see like the, the most complicated, like I have no idea how to even try to pronounce this and I'm going to butcher it to whoopty freaking do hootie McBooty and Astro Milf Queen of Thoughtland. Like I, I love the dynamic between the the ranges that we have here uh but uh whoopty says this for us i uh, says this is a well done lore podcast i enjoy the reading of a lot of lore i love but don't always get around to reading um i do enjoy the discussions about the entries read and how they pick a subject and really dig through it uh, they get better every week mic quality lore discussions and the like has gotten continuously better thanks guys thank you uh, it's definitely our goal the, is the to mic, try and the mic quality one is, is that's a tough one sometimes <laughs> that that one can be a little difficult sometimes uh not not necessarily because of hardware although that has changed over the course of when we started but um also just because technology doesn't always want to work how you want it to <laughs> Uh, <laughs> tell tell us how you feel about the Discord app on an iDevice. <laughs> oh, don't give me started. <laughs> um, we were trying to have a discussion beforehand, and it just did not want to give him any type of input at all. It was so bad. It was very unhappy with me, and I was equally unhappy with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you, uh, everyone that... that uh, left us a, a review that's very kind of you um everyone that didn't leave a review but is still listening to us thank you just as much you guys are, are awesome and and what keep us going um and say we uh if you want to uh reach out in some fashion there are of course the apple podcast reviews uh, like the ones we just read we also have a twitter uh, you can reach us at, at myths and stories uh, with a Z instead of an S at the beginning of stories. Uh, same name as the show. Uh, we monitor that pretty frequently as well, and you know we'll go through and and respond uh, if anyone you know has has feedback or or uh, has a, a thought about lore we've covered or something like that. We are totally open to any respectful uh, discussions there. Um, also, I want to point out. 
I'm not omitting Spotify reviews out of spite. Uh, Spotify reviews are literally not available for our podcast yet because it does not have enough listens. So this is not Apple favoritism. It's just, it's not an option on Spotify. So yep. I, we, we, we keep, we keep looking everywhere for them. And when we find them, we, we, we give us, give you a shout out back and, you know, cause that's, I, I like if, if it's not there, like, obviously we, I can't pull from nothing. Yeah. So that's kind of a bummer. You know, some someday, maybe if we get enough listens going on on the Spotify platform, that will open up as uh, something that's available. But in the meantime, if you, you reach out to us anywhere else, uh, you may hear your comment with a, a shout out at the end of a future episode. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I still have to give a thank you. So I'm, I'm going to give a preemptive thank you uh, to whoever does the math. On on the on the doubling and see if we get to nine shy of forty thousand nine hundred, um, or however close we can get to that number. I know the math there is going to take like two seconds. It's just two with a certain number of exponents on it. I get it. I know how binary works. Thanks. Um, He's just lazy. I'm just lazy. That's literally <laughs> all it is. I'm just lazy. I myth does all the research. I'm just here to bounce ideas off of him. And follow along. No. Uh, <laughs> so, so that'll be one preemptive thank you. Uh, a second preemptive thank you is to whoever finds the Lorian tree of Aldrin being pulled from the from the the ether. His consciousness actively being pulled where he couldn't he couldn't form himself in the distributary. That one is gonna so, bug me until it's, it is. I find it. It's else never gonna it. find it. <laughs> Because I know it's there. I know it exists. I remember reading this. I just I don't know where and it, could, it is. It could just it could just be the 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 dialogue from the Sever mission. Like that might be the only lore entry for it. Nah, I if, know if there is know an there actual lore entry, entry somewhere. I know there was a. If there's entry. if it's it's it could be in the D one grimoires. It could be it it could be on a gun. It could be on a ghost ship. On a on a sparrow. On a on a ship. A ghost ship. Did I just say ghost ship? We know it could be meant. on a ghost comma ship comma <laughs> see this is where punctuation is important um <laughs> nope not gonna say that one uh myth you got anything else no i think that does it all righty well then from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there we'll see you next week <laughs>